You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tuscaloosa time once again for Southern Fried Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, part of the 247sports.com network. Standing in here as your trusty, trusty if not talented host of the program. The show is always brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. It is Veterans Day, and we certainly want to acknowledge each and every one of the fine folks, men and women, who serve our country proudly, both past and present. Very proud of my late grandfather, a veteran, uh, the military services, the armed forces, and served us so well in World War II. Got a nephew right now uh, It is active and doing the job for us. So absolutely want to acknowledge those fine folks on this Wednesday. And by the way, at Peterbrook Chocolatier, uh, we do have a veterans discount for you, a military discount for you. 15% off your purchases. Active military, veterans of the armed forces. You're going to get that at Peterbrook Chocolatier. Joined on the program by the producer of the show, Jacob Harrison, who together we combine to form the 60-minute boom. Of sports talk radio. And you know what, Jacob, since we last spoke, we're just trying to figure out which teams in the SEC are going to play football this weekend because uh, the field has been cut significantly since we went off the air yesterday. Obviously, Alabama LSU headlining that list. Also, Texas A&M and Tennessee. And now we learned this morning that Georgia and Missouri set for this weekend. That was one of those early kickoffs. That was an 11 a.m. game for this Saturday. It, too, has been nixed. Uh, so what do we got left here, Jacob? I mean, what are we looking at? A couple of three games, I guess. Yeah, if you want to stick in the SEC, uh, I'm probably going to end up watching Talia Tungavaloa try to take it to the Buckeyes just to have a little Southern flair, a little Alabama flair to my Saturday. I know. It, it's suddenly become an attractive game. You know, Talia in his last two starts, uh, over 600 passing yards and six touchdown passes. And that's before you factor in the run game in which he's done some nice things as well. So Talia has the Terps believing, and you're right, that's a game that'll have your attention now more so than it would have uh, prior to all these postponements. And we'll see exactly how this is going to play out for the SEC. I mean, because... When you look at that December the 12th sort of buffer date, I mean, it's already filling up. I mean, you've got Auburn, Mississippi State. You've got Texas A&M, Tennessee now. Previously, you had already had LSU and Florida moving to the 12th. Vanderbilt and Mizzou moving to the 12th. And so now you're getting into some situations with teams like LSU and Missouri that you're talking about multiple postponements. Interesting, too, because LSU and Missouri had to move their game earlier in the season due to weather, due to hurricane issues down on the Gulf Coast, from Baton Rouge to uh, to Columbia. Or they might be looking at three each you know, when you factor in COVID, obviously, but also the weather situation that you had earlier in the season. I mean, we've had everything. 
you talk about the literal, literal and uh, figurative uh, imperfect storms this year in college football. It's all been happening. So we'll try to keep you up to speed as best we can, as we know it. Very fluid, as Ed Orgeron has said in recent days. Ed on the SEC coaches teleconference this morning, by the way, along with Nick Saban. Nick Saban had an Uncle Tommy reference for us. And I love that. I love the Uncle Tommy. Uh, Nobody knows where Uncle Tommy's been, Nick said, in relation to the players. The Alabama players going home uh, during the bye weekend. And it just, it resonates, right? Because we all have that Uncle Tommy. Jacob, do you have that Uncle Tommy? You know, that one uncle, he might be, you know, he might be beloved. He might be harmless. But there's just something a little different about Uncle Tommy. No one can quite ever figure out Uncle Tommy. You know, I think we all have that guy, that uncle. I do. I've had it in the past, no doubt about it. Fortunate not but to have any uncles. You don't I have guess, an Uncle that Tommy case. like that? I do not. <laughs> yeah, I guess it, you got to have a big enough family, though, too. You know, numbers come into play there. Yeah, very and, small uh, family for me. <laughs> yeah, well, with all the places that Earn is gone and, and everything. I mean, you hear Pops on this show on Fridays, so you can just imagine. You know, that's Pops. You think we don't have an Uncle Tommy? Amongst the Ryers? Come on. Of course we do. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolate Tier Studio. And by the way, if you'd like to check in with us on a Wednesday morning, we would love to hear from you. But just trying to reset kind of where we're at now. When you look at the SEC schedule for this upcoming weekend, this is what we are left with. We will have Vandy at Kentucky. That will be an early game. It's set for an 11 a.m. kickoff on the SEC Network. Maybe it stays there. Maybe it moves to ESPN now, perhaps, with Georgia and Missouri being postponed. Uh, Arkansas at UF on Saturday night. You'll look forward to that one now. Arkansas, very much exceeding expectations under Sam Pittman. Unfortunately for Arkansas, it's not like it's being uh, non-impacted by this weekend. Sam Pittman, head coach. Uh, will not be able to be there with the Razorbacks in Gainesville on Saturday night. Um, And then you're looking at Will Muschamp taking on Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss Saturday night on the SEC Network. That's a 6.30 kickoff. Uh, You wonder about Will at this point. We talked with Brent Beard about that yesterday. Some of these coaches with Will Muschamp at the top of that list right now, you would think in the Southeastern Conference. I mean, you get bombed at home in the middle of the season by Texas A&M 48 to three, you know, that's tough to sell. That's tough to sell moving forward, even with the buyout somewhere in the neighborhood of $15 million for Will Muschamp at this point. But again, you heard from some sec coaches this morning, uh, prime among them at Orgeron, you know, Ed said that even earlier in the week, LSU had already started to shift its attention from Alabama Really wasn't expecting to play Alabama at the start of the week. Really going back to late last week. You know, when these positive tests started to roll in, apparently, and you start doing the contact tracing. Now, Nick Saban this morning said that to this point, Alabama, the roster has returned from its open date weekend with just one positive test. Now, you don't know how that impacts things in terms of contact tracing. Uh, But, you know, when you just consider... You consider how Alabama went into this season compared to, say, LSU. You know, Alabama went into the 2020 season pretty much with a full 85 in terms of scholarship players. So that's a big advantage in a year like this because an LSU, with all the mass exodus from that championship team a year ago, underclassmen moving to the NFL, Things like that. You know, you had some opt-outs, obviously, for LSU. Multiple opt-outs, not just in terms of numbers, but very much Tyler Shelvin. Um, Jamar Chase, the 2019 Bolitnikoff Award winner, right there at the top of that list. Kerry Vincent Jr., a very valuable asset and member of that LSU secondary. Those are some guys that opted out in the run-up to the 2020 season. So your numbers were already low. 
I was talking with Sonny Ship, does an outstanding job covering LSU for Go 24-7 on the Bama Online podcast yesterday afternoon, and he said that LSU was down to like 70 scholarship players before the season even started. And then you start talking about some transfer portal activity that LSU's also had, some injuries that typically come with a football season, and now COVID on top of that, and it's easy to see where even a program like LSU, and I understand there's plenty of cynics out there in Crimson this week, you know, the run and hide narrative that's out there with LSU this week as 28-point underdogs with Alabama set to visit Baton Rouge. But the numbers were never good for LSU coming off last season. And so Alabama, conversely, pretty much a full 85. No real opt-outs. I guess Keelan Robinson at this point, we can go ahead and safely assume, and this was something we were assuming back before the season even started, was that he was going to take that route. Uh, But otherwise, very minimal number of opt-outs. You haven't seen really transfer portal activity. There have been some key injuries, but in terms of volume of injuries, it hasn't been for Alabama this season what it's been the last couple of years. LeBron Ray has been out for an extended stretch, the defensive end. You've also had, obviously, Jalen Waddell go out against Tennessee. So some key injuries, but not as voluminous as they've been in the past. And Alabama brought back a lot of fourth and fifth year guys by its standard, and certainly in comparison to LSU. You look at this Alabama football team, you're looking at some fourth and fifth year guys like Christopher Allen, Dylan Moses, LeBron Ray, Daniel Wright, Alex Leatherwood, Devontae Smith, um, Najee Harris, Deontay Brown, Landon Dickerson, Chris Owens, Kendall Randolph, Miller Forstall. Just goes on and on. Mac Jones, fourth-year player. You look at the hits that LSU took, it was uh, it was prime for this sort of situation. 205-342-9904 is the Peter Brook Chocolatier studio line. Hey, um, we are suddenly also transitioning very much into master's mode with the tuna mint there in Augusta, Georgia set to get underway tomorrow. Don't like the way the weather's looking for the rest of today and into the overnight hours into tomorrow morning uh, over there in East Georgia. So uh, we'll see how that plays out in terms of a potential delay. But Justin Thomas, in terms of your Alabama contingent, that's it. Now, Michael Thompson, you know, he won the event after the, the restart. In June or July, Michael Thompson won on the PGA Tour, but with the 2020 Masters field set for the uh, usual playing of the in April, you know, he qualified for next April's run at the Masters, the 2021 Masters. So that's why you don't see Michael Thompson uh, in the field this week. But you will have Justin Thomas. He will go off mid-morning, again, scheduled to go off mid-morning tomorrow along with Matt Matthew Fitzpatrick and also Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka, pretty good in majors, especially when you're talking about PGA championships and U.S. Opens, right? Kepka looking to get it done in Augusta, Georgia, playing better here of late, been dealing with some injuries. You know, it's already a reduced field at the Masters. The Tiger fans, the Tiger onlys, you know, I call them, they're just pretty much Tiger-only fans. They're not really golf fans. And that's fine. Look, the more the merrier. I love it. Makes for a more fun sort of events when Tiger's in it. And I love to watch Tiger myself. Don't get me wrong. But the Tiger-onlys, they get mad when I say these days, this is pretty much the one major that Tiger really has a chance to win at this point in his career. And he did win it. He did win it in 2019. He's the defending champion. It's taken a while for us to get to the point where he can actually defend that title. But we're here. But it's already a reduced field, which makes it an easier event to win. You have 95 entrants, typically somewhere in the mid-90s, instead of the 150 or so that you'll have in a 
U.S. Open or a British Open or a PGA Championship. So you don't have to beat as many guys at the Masters. And then when you start talking about the past champions exemption that you have at the Masters, that's of those 95, that's about a dozen guys that have no chance to win. I mean, Larry Mize, congratulations on winning uh, you know, beating uh, uh, Greg Norman in the playoff with the chip in back in the, I think it was the eighties, Sandy Lyle, congrats on your championship at the masters back in the eighties. But these guys keep coming back as past champions. They got no chance to win. I love Bernard longer. I mean, the guy is a freak in his sixties, still able to play as well as he does. Bernard's not winning the masters. So you take those 12 guys out. Now you're down into the mid eighties. And so if you make, you know, if you, if you make the comparison to the other major championships, just, just not as much, uh, not as much to, to navigate. It's like Victor Hovland, the young star on the tour. He's not in the field this week at the masters. And that's a guy that could win the masters right now. And he's not even in the field. So, uh, you know, Tiger hadn't been playing great, but he knows this, he knows this place like the back of his hand. He's very comfortable as we know. But with the wetter conditions in the fall to begin with, and now this rain, it's going to become even more tilted in favor to the Bombers, like Bryson DeChambeau, like Dustin Johnson, like Rory. You know, so the field gets reduced even more with these conditions. We'll see. You know, Justin Thomas, he can win this thing. You know, he can win this thing. Justin Thomas hits it far enough. He's not going to hit it out there with Bryson DeChambeau, but he can still hit it out there far enough. And uh, he can he can score. He can score in the kind of conditions that you run up on there at Augusta National Golf Club. Going to step aside to a break. We expect to have Cecil Hurt on this Wednesday joining us next on a hump day edition of Southern Fried Sports presented by Peterbrook Chocolatier right after this. Cloudy with occasional rain showers likely this afternoon, the high 77. Rain showers ending tonight, cloudy with the low at 55. Tomorrow becoming partially sunny and less humid, the high 76. And a beautiful day on Friday, a good supply of sunshine, the high 74. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide! Noted musician and band leader from Metairie, Louisiana, right there for you. You know, we were supposed to be awash in all things Louisiana this week with Alabama and LSU, but alas, not happening. Not happening. That was a tough one for a lot of Alabama fans to begin with, with the reduced capacity this season, Tiger Stadium, uh, not being able to accommodate the typical crowds that it could, but still a hell of a trip, man. That LSU trip, you go to New Orleans on Friday, stay the night, go over to Baton Rouge for the game, go back to New Orleans, and then catch that Sunday brunch somewhere, you know? Can't go wrong with that. Let's head to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line right now. Talk with a guy who was set to make that trip one more time. Cecil Hurt of the Tuscaloosa News and Tidesports.com. Instead of the trip to Louisiana, though, Cecil, we got an Uncle Tommy reference from Nick Saban this morning. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Billy Bat knows where Uncle Tommy's been. Uncle Tommy, yeah. Um, <laughs> only use him for certain things. Exactly. Uh, and don't tell him to go get his shine box either, Cecil. 
do we'll not never do that, Uncle Tom. Wherever he has been, do not ask if he went to get his shine, Bob. <laughs> no more shines, Billy. You're away. Maybe you didn't hear up there. Maybe they didn't tell you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, I, you know, I don't know if Nick had an Uncle Tommy. I don't know, you know. But if it we've was all, that Uncle Tommy, had an Uncle if it Tommy, was that Uncle Cecil? Tommy, Nick spoke the truth. You do not know where he's been. <laughs> You don't want to know where he is. Ooh, how about rural West Virginia, Uncle Tommy? At that, Cecil. How about that hey, guy? I, I don't, I don't cast aspersions. You know, you, you, you don't have to. There might have been a still involved with that Uncle Tommy. Tommy. You think in that in that area of Appalachia? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, sure, absolutely, absolutely. No, Uncle Tommy is great. So, you know, <laughs> take it a million different ways. I do not think it was a Tommy Tuberville reference. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, hadn't thought of that. Hadn't thought of that. Uh, but yeah. I guess Cecil, instead of LSU Saturday, Alabama will get itself. Sound like uh, Nick's just gonna uh, practice and uh, you know try to keep that routine and regimen in play and um, and uh, stay as sharp as you possibly can, man, in these unprecedented times. Yeah, uh, yeah, I saw on Twitter, and I, I replied to you. Coach Bryant would have had the stadium, the youngins. <laughs> they'd have been scrimmaging. They've got about about 95 plays, 92 of them running off tackle. <laughs> Oklahoma drill in real life. Oh, gosh. Schedule can't a JV game back in the day, you know? Yeah, I can't do that. If you don't have no. No. So I mean, what you know this 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 December the twelfth date is rapidly filling up, Cecil. Um, I, I I'm led to think that with eight teams already scheduled to play the the the, the Saturday of December the twelfth. At this point, is there any reason to think that 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 window won't be completely full? Because the thing about all this is, we've still got three games after this after yeah, this weekend. I, I think it will pretty well fill up and we'll hear from Greg Sankey later today. He's on the SEC teleconference um, after, after it wraps up. Um, you know, if, if it really could have been, it, and, and we'll see what happens between now and Saturday. Auburn couldn't have played either. You know, I mean, Mississippi state can't play, but, but I don't, it doesn't sound like Auburn could have played either. They canceled football operations for the week. Or, or at least for yesterday, they certainly didn't have any. So um, they would have been dicey as well. So I think what what's going to go on here, Travis, I, and again, this is all, Greg, thank you, may have a detailed plan with times, and, and we're going to move this game and move that game. I think they'll want to get through this weekend, you know, see what they can get into the warehouse, so to speak. The, the three games that they have scheduled um, and then start to see how relevant some of the games are to the championship game. I think the championship game is priority one at this mm-hmm. point, whether it's Alabama, Florida, like most people expect, but there are other, many other mathematical possibilities at this point. You know, most teams only have five or six games, so you could lose. I mean, hypothetically speaking, you know, Alabama's got, you know, if, if you assume that they'll have some kind of game on the 12th, um, you know, Alabama's got four. They could be six and four. Now, you know and I know that's not going to be the case, but, um, you know, they've got Kentucky, they've got Auburn, they've got Arkansas. And so you can't say, oh, well, they're going to win the West. We're going to schedule differently for them. I think as as teams do start to get eliminated, um, then you, then then you start planning to roll into the nineteenth. You know, or, or I would play some of the games because I'm going to assume you know you, you don't want to put anything head if you're the SEC, you don't want to put a one of your conference games head to head with your championship game. Yeah, and um, I would play to the to the extent that I could. I would look because so so what you're going to be talking about uh, maybe I, you know, I imagine ESPN kind of 
field on that day with with some other conference championship games and so forth. I would look at Friday night the 18th for some of those games. Yeah. Um, high school will essentially be over. There may be a state championship game somewhere. But, um, you know, it's not head-to-head with every high school, which is the concern during the regular season with Friday night games, or one of the concerns. And if you're just talking about SEC network inventory, what what difference does it make if you play it Friday night the 18th or Saturday the 19th? Um, yes, yeah, so, instead of maxion, we could have some section SEC. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. you could do it. I mean, you know, and and don't want to do it in the freezing cold, but you know, Baton Rouge probably be fine if it comes to that for. Somebody other than than assuming Alabama's in the championship again. There's it's so easy to assume that Alabama's in the championship game and Florida's in the championship game because they'll be favored against everybody they play from here on out. But you still got to play those games. Florida still got to play Arkansas on Saturday. You get that result, you know a little bit more. Um, so I think you'll see some. Ten, you, you may see the SEC at some point start talking about some tentative dates. Um, and and there are contractual reasons why they want to get these games played. You know, they, they want to at least supply the inventory yeah. uh, for television. Yeah. And, and, you know, they're, they are home dates for, for places that have sold their percentage of tickets. So, so you don't want to just throw them out. But as the divisional races get clearer, I think you'll have a better, um, when I say you, the SEC office, we'll have a better understanding of if we have another weekend, like this weekend, next weekend, then you're really, you're going to lose some games. And you don't have room. You, you can't make it all You don't work. have room to put them. And, and I think the, the priority at that point would be to have um, clear-cut division champions in a championship game and everything else. Hit it where you can fit it. You know, you hear the fans, the Alabama fans having a lot of fun. Some of it not fun. I think a lot of a lot of Alabama fans are dead serious in the assertion that, you know, this was a duck by LSU. But, you know, when you really look at it, LSU would already lost a home game this year because of the Missouri situation. So, uh, you know, on, on some on some other levels and understanding you're not bringing the same amount of people to town this year as you are. This, I mean, this is a financial right. hit for Baton yeah, Rouge and, and LSU. I, I, think, I think if you ask, um, Scott Woodward, the AD at LSU, I, I think he wants to play. I, I, I really do think that. And I think Ed wants to play now, you know, whether they'd rather have a shot at maybe Miles Brennan being back versus mm-hmm. putting Finley out there. That might be, you know, Again, I, I, you don't make up contact tracing numbers because of your starting quarterback. I'm not going to go down that path. We got enough of that in the country. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty to consider, and just just in in terms of you know the on the field consequences of, of something like this. Um, Cecil, have we seen enough though? I mean, if we didn't have another game this season. And and they had to pause it until December the nineteenth. Have we seen enough from Florida and Alabama to think that look, these two teams are are clearly the best teams in their division? Do we really need to see anything else? I, understanding as we've talked about since March, it's not even about that. It is, but it's it's also about fulfilling contractual obligations in terms of you know, uh, broadcasts and things like that. But as far as these two teams are concerned, what you've seen from them, um, do we already have enough of a sample size to think that these are the two best teams? I think so. Who would, who would be next? You know, the, the one out, the one outlier in that, or, or, you know, Ranch in the works a little bit. Is it Texas A&M did beat Florida and is playing well? Yeah, if we didn't have divisions, yeah, George, we'd Georgia, be talking about Georgia Texas played A&M. Alabama, they played Florida. We don't have to discuss Georgia at this point. No, in 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 that conversation, the only other team that 
in that conversation is um, Texas A&M. Now, I will say this, but, you know, Auburn has two losses that, you know, Georgia and South Carolina would sort of disqualify from that particular conversation, but they're getting better. You know, they are getting better. Um, and where they will be at the end of the year, um, you know, you can't just, yes, I, I, you know, if I had to pick the Alabama-Auburn game today, I'd pick Alabama, but you can't just automatically assume uh, that that's what's going to happen. got to play that game. So, um, again, as as you get as many results as you can, you know, the easier it is. I don't know. Travis, I'm at, I'm at the point where, you know, scrap it all, uh, make the playoffs. I, 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 as you know, I started advocating for an eight-game playoff this year, or an 18 playoff, excuse me, this yeah. year only in March, the week that the basketball tournament was canceled. I wrote a column about what football needs to do, and that was one of the things that they needed to do, and I think that they would be happier now had they scheduled it that way. Um and, you know, I think I think America would be happy if you took Alabama and Florida, Clemson and Notre Dame, Ohio State, let's say Oregon gets in a reasonable number of games and goes undefeated and looks good doing it. Um, you could throw a BYU 12, in there if you wanted to. Big 12 to. champ and BYU or Cincinnati. Or, yeah, Cincinnati. Um, <laughs> or Coastal Carolina. Santa Clairs, yeah. yeah. At, at, at least one group of five were independent team. Um, and I think everybody would be happy with that. Put them in, you know, see them and play them. Alabama and um, the Big 12 champ in Tuscaloosa. Um, you know, Cincinnati and Ohio State. I don't know that Ohio State would be thrilled with that, but they'd be big favorites. Um. But, you know, I think America would like to see Luke Fickle against Ohio State. I really do. More so than they would like to see Michigan probably against Ohio State even at this point. I'll tell point, you what. I would think. From, from what I've seen, for instance, you know, you know how you see, we're talking about random hypotheticals here. I'd watch Florida Clemson, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. You know, or, Absolutely. Or, or, or Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd, I'd watch that. You'd have to sort out your eight teams. You might not get the Big Twelve champion. You might get Texas A and M as the uh, <laughs> as the legacy Big Twelve champion. And brains, minds would explode, you know, with three and the yeah, eight. But, even though we've already had two in the four, you know. Yeah, but but you know, um, I would argue that those are three of the best eight teams in the country. I would make that mm-hmm. argument. But yeah, Alabama, Notre Dame. Florida, Clemson, um, Texas A&M, Oregon. You'd like to see those games. Cincinnati, Ohio State. How's that for an 18 playoff? That would work. I'd take that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd have to – I might have a tough time choosing – I mean, it's it's you, you could go any, either way. Uh, BYU or Oregon. You yeah. Know, if, or, you, if it came Cincinnati. down to it. I think, you know, I think you'd be okay there. I know you probably don't want to group a five it yeah. too much, but, but um, yeah, I mean, you'd have some – some fascinating possibilities, no doubt about it. Sure. Cecil, I know you're, I know you're crunched today, but, uh, yeah, I got to get back on that SEC telecom. Start of the early signing period today as well. Right. Um, um sounds like it's going to be about status, Alabama's what we expect it to be. One. Alabama's announced one. They probably won't do, we probably won't hear from Nate Oates until all three of the commitments that they expect are in. Um, I think, you know, obviously the one everybody asks about is JD. Davidson, I, I think he's going to do something over the weekend in terms of his signing ceremony situation. Um, I don't, I don't think that that's, you know, you, they're never signed until they're signed. I don't know that that's causing any um, hand wringing just yet, but I think that's planned. But um, I think once all three of them are, are signed, then you'll hear from Nate Oates. And we don't have much in the way of SEC football this weekend, but we got Tua. We got Tua on Sunday. We against, are uh, in the Tua window. Yeah. And I think as, as he gets to be more of a story, you know, they they program that way. You know, it's funny. 
looking at the map um, of, of where the late games. And those are some good games this weekend. Um, Buffalo, Arizona, L.A., Chargers, and Miami. Those are some good games. Um, but I noticed that that Chargers game is also on in the in the uh, Southern Oregon corridor for Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I will guarantee you that the uh, it's not a late game in Honolulu, but they're getting the Dolphins. <laughs> they're getting the Dolphins. They're on two a so time out there. They're on two a time. No doubt about it. So, They've changed so, the clocks and everything um, out there. But yeah, too. it's all of you know, it's all of Florida. It's, that's what you know. They are the, the NFL probably as much as any group in American sports or any other sport. They are tuned to what will put eyeballs on television. And they know and it's quarterbacks when they're they hot. know they know what's going on. So yeah, so the Dolphins are all of Florida, which that's pretty nice. You know, there's some nice markets there when you start talking about all of them, Miami, Tampa, Jacksonville, et cetera, because it's a late game. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, all of, essentially all of Alabama. It's an interesting Sunday because CBS can't show a noon game because of the Masters. Right. So everything, exactly. so much is being pushed back to that 3 o'clock kick. Yeah, exactly. And um, and I will I will say this for him. Um, you're going to get ratings in Birmingham, no matter what. Yeah, you could put on that. <laughs> you could put on that Giants Lions game, and people in Birmingham are going to watch. But they'll get good ratings for Tua. There's no question about it. Yeah, the boys in Birmingham tend to have a shekel or two on some of those games. It seems like Cecil. You, know? <laughs> you and I <laughs> may think that um, the Bears at the Panthers is not an important game. But they may think it's a really important day. It's a work day for some of those folks over there, you know? It's Sun, not about Sunday is Sunday is full time work until the <laughs> final snap of that late NBC. Yeah. And the man doesn't start, pay overtime. Then they either, start you know? working for Monday. It's all the same to the man. There's no over- oh, yeah, there's, overtime. Oh yeah, the man's fired the up about Max. Straight time. time. Man's got Max tonight. He's <laughs> All right, Cecil, we'll let you get back to real world. Uncle Tommy will have a dime on that. (laughs) He'll either have a dime on it or he'll be picking up some dimes. Probably both, you know. (laughs) Perhaps. He may be making making the rounds on that that Kent State game from last night. Uncle Nicky was that way in Casino, you know. He'd go back around and they thought he was laying it and he told him he was giving it, you know. He kind of changed the mood. No, I was giving it. Yeah, but, All right, but, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, Uncle Tommy in <laughs> in South Philadelphia. He's hey, you 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 played that game last night? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The, the boss wants the boss wants to hear from you about ten o'clock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No doubt about he that. Don't, he don't want me to come around. No, 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 no. I, I need All to stay right. home in quarantine. I don't need to be looking. <laughs> He'll put your wallet in quarantine for you. Is what he'll do. Put you right. put you in quarantine if, you, if it comes to it. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Well, have a great rest All of right. Wednesday, Cecil. Talk to you soon. There you okay, go, thanks. Cecil Hurt, Tuscaloosa News Tide Sports Going to take a break. We come back more of Wednesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right after this. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. in our way through a Wednesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. Always good to hear from Cecil Hurd of the Tuscaloosa News and TideSports.com. A busy one for Cecil and the rest of us in the old college sports media industry. 
not only do you have all of this news regarding SEC football and the postponement of multiple games this weekend, you've got the early signing period getting underway. So basically, you're talking about hoops, you're talking about softball, baseball, golf, you name it, really. Any sport other than football, it is a busy day for the most part. And so so the Alabama men's basketball team, as we talked about with Cecil, expected to add three new members to the 2021-2022 Crimson Tide. J.D. Davison, might be a couple days before J.D. goes ahead and makes that thing official. Um, and so that'll be your Jason Holt, the wing from over in Georgia, and then uh, Langston Wilson, the junior college transfer. Those are your three guys as of right now. Late period, we'll see. I would expect another signee or two. Charles Bediaco, the six eleven post from IMG, uh, very much in the mix for one of those spots. Big time talent. So Nate Oates. And the rest of that Alabama staff doing a nice job of continuously adding key pieces to the men's basketball program over there off a Bryant drive. Uh, I think Alabama softball Murph is going to add six signees during the early period. So it's going to be busy for Alabama softball. You're seeing Alabama baseball since this morning continue to add Brad Bohannon. He's done a nice job as well. It's got that program on the verge of getting back to the postseason. It's been a while for Alabama baseball, but it's going to happen here very soon, it would appear. We also have high school football. You know, you're having your SEC weekend kind of taken apart bit by bit, but uh, sounds like we still have, right, Jacob Harrison? We got some pretty strong representation still going into round two of the state playoffs. Hillcrest, ACA, Northside, Gordo. Am I missing anybody, Jacob? Uh, Northside. No, I, I thought I said Northside, but um, maybe I didn't. So of those four, if you had to pick one or maybe even more than one that you anticipate moving through round two this weekend, Jacob, who would you go with there? Um, I mean, on Friday Night Lights, Carrie and I are pretty adamant that we feel like ACA and Gordo are going to end up seeing each other probably – at the tail end of this thing, so if, uh-huh. so so definitely ACA and Gordo, uh, but I'm I'm not sleeping on Hillcrest either. I think Hillcrest can make a very very strong push uh, throughout this thing. Uh, they'll have a tough test with Opelika, but I still feel good with uh, Ethan Crawford manning the Patriots. When you got a quarterback like that, even as young as he is, you got a puncher's chance, right? I mean. He's the kind of guy, the kind of X factor factor with his arm and his legs um, that every time out, he, he's capable of carrying a team. There's no doubt about that. So we're excited about the continuation of Friday Night Lights for at least another week. And Jacob Harrison seems to think we're going to go a few more weeks at least with ACA and Gordo there. That would be a lot of fun to see those two get together. Going to step aside for a final break and we come back. More of a Wednesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. Hi, this is Jay. Cloudy with occasional rain showers likely this afternoon, the high 77. Rain showers ending tonight, cloudy with a low at 55. Tomorrow becoming partially sunny and less humid, the high 76. And a beautiful day on Friday, a good supply of sunshine, the high 74. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. FM, Travis Ryder, senior analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The day got off to a good start, by the way. Got off to a good start. I don't know if it was the healthiest start, but it tasted good. I'll tell you that. 
we were having a conversation during the break, Jacob and myself, about fast food breakfast go-tos. And, um, you know, for me, and this is totally unsolicited, by the way, uh, it's the uh, fast food breakfast. It is the uh, it's the Cajun filet chicken biscuit at Bojangles, man. You can't beat it. You can't beat it. What I like about it is when I look back there, I don't really see a microwave involved, okay? Now, look, I understand they're probably not hand-breading the Cajun filet breasts, all right? I understand that. But the biscuit itself, right, that's what matters. That's the star of the show. Well, the biscuits are coming out on pans, okay, which uh, tells me something. And so that was a good start to today. Now, Jacob said he's a, uh, when he does go to the uh, fast food breakfast, it's the Chick-fil-A chicken biscuit. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Now, let me ask you this. Are you a coffee guy, Jacob, with your breakfast? I am not a coffee guy at all. I I don't do bitters. You know, see, I I am a coffee guy, but when I get a chicken biscuit, a Cajun filet chicken biscuit, I get the uh, I get the half and half tea. I like the I like the tea with it instead of coffee. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's the sandwich sort of aspect of the whole deal. But uh, that was the breakfast this morning. That got me off to a great start. And uh, you know, it's kind of been downhill a little bit since then. We do have Maction tonight to kind of rejuvenate our souls. You had three Maction games last night. You got three more tonight, including Jimmy McElwain, former Alabama offensive coordinator. University of Florida head coach coaching Central Michigan at Northern Illinois tonight at 7 Central. That's on ESPNU. You got Toledo at Western Michigan, also 7 Central. That's ESPN. And then you've got got Eastern Michigan at Ball State. You have some trivia fun with the uh, nicknames around the Mac, couldn't you? Um. Looking at the six teams tonight, Eastern Michigan is always the one that throws me in the Mac. Ball State is the Cardinals. You've got Toledo with the Rockets. That's a great nickname. The Broncos of Western Michigan, Central Michigan Chippewa, and the Huskies of Northern Illinois. Alabama fans remember Northern Illinois coming in here. And either Mike Shula's, I think it was his first year, with Michael the Burner Turner running back for Northern Illinois, went on to play in the National Football League, uh, dropped a home game here in Tuscaloosa to Northern Illinois 15 years or so ago. Been a while. Been a while since that one happened. But you do have Maction tonight. Uh, You know, what we're going to be doing at BamaOnline.com is kind of taking inventory of this Alabama team now in this sort of double bye week that it's become. Coming up later this afternoon at BOL, I'm going to have what I refer to as a position diary. And it basically starts in the offseason. I start these things back in January, February, coming off the previous season, looking at positions, and then update them as we move throughout the year. Well, this year obviously has been different because the January update to what would typically then be the post-spring practice update went away with no spring practice. So it was updated in August instead, once we got into fall camp or what was essentially this year's version of fall camp, we updated these. And then I'm going to update them with some mid-November thoughts, position by position. And going to start with the quarterback spot today. So you'll see that at BamaOnline.com coming up later this afternoon. Boy, what a story that's been. Even from mid-August, when we last updated it, you anticipated that Mac Jones would start the season behind center for Alabama. But even without spring practice and with the offseason being thrown into flux like it was, there was still a lot of positivity about Bryce Young. Now, Bryce had to miss a scrimmage, as you might recall, back in the preseason. But in retrospect... Uh, you got to think it was Jones all the way. And the thing about Mac Jones is that he went into the season still with some people thinking that this was going to be more of a serviceable option, kind of a bridge guy, right? From Tua Tonga-Vailoa to the more dynamic Bryce Young. 
It hadn't been that. It's been an upgrade. When you look at Max numbers in three of the most important categories, yards per game, yards per attempt, and passer rating, he is an upgrade over Tua Tonga Violoa's numbers from a year ago. Tua played in six SEC games. So you can do some like for like stuff right now. You don't have to wait until after the season because with Alabama playing an SEC only schedule, Max already played six games in the conference. You know, Tua, because of the injuries last year, all he played in was six. And so you can really put the numbers side by side and you can draw some conclusions. Look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you Mac Jones is the better pure passer than Tua Tonga Violoa. Not going to do that. Uh, but again, statistically, in terms of production, Mac is up in yards per game, yards per attempt, and passer rating over what Tua produced a year ago. And as for Bryce Young, we've seen enough, I think, anyway to believe strongly that once you do get post Mac Jones, he's going to be just fine. Yeah. There's been some of those moments of youthful mistakes, taking a couple of sacks, put the ball on the ground against Missouri. But what I see more than anything are these multiple opportunities that he's had in third and long. And he has converted them confidently without hesitation. He's going to be just fine. What I like about Bryce Young right now, too, is that on a daily basis, he is developing those relationships with Javon Baker, with Tracia, with Ty U. Jones Bell. It's kind of the way it worked for Tua, right? In 2017. Because you're about to, in all likelihood, go through a total turnover of this passing attack that had its foundation poured with that 2017 class for the most part. That's going to do it for a Wednesday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Thanks to Jacob Harrison for producing the show. Thank you to Cecil Hurt for joining us. The lunch whistle on this Wednesday. It is Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Get by there today, man. Get you a great Yardbird chicken sandwich. Maybe you want to go a little healthy. You can do that with the chopped wedge. It is out of this world. Get the grilled chicken on top. They got the house-made bacon bits there. House-made biscuit croutons on that salad. Okay, so maybe it's kind of healthy. It's good, nonetheless. Southern Ale House. Thanks so much. Until 11 a.m. on Thursday. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, everybody. 